looking to learn more on how to build wealth through real estate? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Make Money Make Sense podcast with Dante Belmonte. Each episode, we have the privilege to bring you a professional in the real estate world. One that will help you become a top investor, whether that's a passive role or managing the day-to-day. Let's jump right in. Welcome to another episode of Make Money Make Sense. I'm your host, Dante Belmonte, joined by my co-host, DJ Smith. And DJ, we're uh, back in the swing of things. I know I did a few episodes by myself. I had some stuff I wanted to get out there, but I got you back. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Yeah, I had a little bit of a travel period there. Uh, we all need to take time outs and enjoy life from now, every now and then. So uh, Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this week we have a great guest, though. Uh, getting back to having guests in the hot seat, we've got Ashton uh, Laverick with Valkyrie Investment Group. He's, he kind of plays the name on his company is like his last name, but the letter switched around, so it gets me a little bit there. But mm-hmm. um, unfortunately, Ashton's partner slash brother, Chris, could not join us this week, but he will be back sometime in the future. But Ashton really talks about how he starts uh, very small with a quadplex and how they built up into doing their last acquisition, which was 384 units in Florida. I mean, talk about a jump. Yeah, and uh, we have a lot of guests that talk about mindset and doing things on purpose and being intentional and having a plan. And there's some great nuggets in here from Ashton. And I also think he sets the stage for a future podcast uh, with his brother. Uh, these guys are, have taken some great steps. Uh, this is, you know, I love every podcast guest we have on, but this is- I know, that's why we have them because they're great. That's right, that's <laughs> right. These are helpful. Awesome. Well, with uh, all that said, let's hop right into the show. Ashton, welcome to the show today. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for having me, Dante. Of course. It's my pleasure. I've got DJ here in the uh, the co-host spot this week. So Ashton, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to our listeners. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Um, my name is Ashton Leverick. I uh, spent the last 21 years in the military, special operations, you know, overseas doing all that stuff. And um, I'm from, let's see. Maybe I didn't start far enough back. I don't know. But uh, yeah, so about two, three years ago, I decided I was going to get ready for retirement. I didn't want another job. So I started focusing on cash flow. And um, I got the idea from my brother, actually, Chris, who's who couldn't join us today. But uh, he's in IT and he started looking at real estate and he hit me up back in 2018. He's like, we should start investing in real estate because he had seen his uh, 401k dip and he, mm. you know, he'd been watching that pretty closely, the volatility of the stock market. And that was before COVID, right? Um, and now, so I guess that got us into real estate. Uh, we started buying some small multifamily in um, Durham, North Carolina. And uh, we just began scaling up from there because we saw the benefits of the economies of scale, um, own, having more units as opposed to having less, you know, there's less risk when you have high, more units. Um, and then we, so we started partnering with people and we got into syndication shortly thereafter. Um, so we did four units for our first deal and we just closed on 384 in Florida, um, last week. So we've been, we've turned this into a business and, um, yeah, we, it's all been about, uh, creating the business, creating cash flow, and creating the life that we want to live. 
Awesome. I love that. Well, first off, I just want to thank you for your service. I think that's huge. Um, I don't think you guys are appreciated enough. Then moving into the real estate sector, how did you guys get started? I understand, you know, he was saying, you know, your brother, Chris was saying his 401k dipped. He, Mm -hmm. you know, heard about real estate. You started looking up cash flow, all that fun stuff. But how did that real, that first deal really commence? How'd you guys find it? How'd you fund it? What was the business plan behind it? And do you still have it today? Uh, The short answer is we did it all wrong. Um, But the long answer is uh, that's exactly what we needed to, to learn and to grow. Right. So, um, so how we did it, we, at the time, my brother had heard that um, Raleigh was a hot market. And um, so Raleigh was really competitive at the time. So we kind of shifted about 20 minutes away to Durham, which has a really strong economy as well. And is up and coming. Um, so the first thing we did was we went out and find a real, found a real estate agent, which um, looking back, it's not that we found a real estate agent that was a, the wrong choice. It was just that um, when you're starting out, you want to find people that have more experience in real estate investing, right? And you would think a real estate agent would have that, but they're not investors a lot of times. I mean, typically they're just selling homes to people that are looking for their forever home, for their family home or whatever. So they're not, they're not you know, experienced in finding investments, cash flowing investments. Um, so I think, you know, that was our first lesson. Probably if that's I huge again, real quick, I just want to yeah. highlight on it, you know, that agent piece, finding the right agent when you're getting started could make or break a deal. Uh, you know, I, I'm an agent. I work with a lot of clients that do investments because I know that realm. I can't tell you how many times I've had clients come to me and just say, yeah, this agent was awful. And I said, well, why is that? They're like, they never sold a two family or three family before. They didn't even know what cap rate was. And Mm -hmm. so that's something, you know, we want to press upon the audience is when you're looking to invest in real estate, look for an investor friendly real estate agent or someone that does invest. I think that's the best thing. Sorry to interrupt you there. Go go ahead. No, that's, that's absolutely my point. (laughs) Um, And I think if I had to do it again, the fastest way I would find, or the best way I could think to find a real estate agent that would help me in investing and I hate to plug them uh, because they they do so well, but you know you have to bigger pockets, man. Like all the real estate investor friendly um, agents are on there, you know. Uh, otherwise, you got to you know go through and every every real estate agent you meet, you're going to have to put them through a whole like hiring process, if, if, you know, for lack of a better term. But um, so that was our first lesson. Um, but the property we made plenty of offers. Um, they were all terrible. You know, you're just learning. Uh, and um, we eventually got a four unit under contract. It was 204 or they wanted 209,000 <clears> for it. Excuse me. And um, let's see, they won 209,000. We brought in a partner for 70% um, loan to value. And so he brought 70% of that. And then we brought the rest and we were going to handle the rehab. And so we funded that with our own money by, we took out HELOCs on our homes. We, um, I had savings, you know, I'm trying to think of everything we used. I think we even took out our line of credit, uh, cause we believed in the process and the goal was to do a burr. So if you're not familiar with the burr, the buy rehab rent, uh, and refinance. So you can recapture all that, that equity or the, the capital that you invested. Um, and so that's what we did. The, this project was a, for lack of better terms, it was a dump. But, you know, everything you hear on the podcast in the beginning, like that was one of the things I keyed in on. Nobody buys them because 
they look so bad or smell so bad or whatever, you know, and um, that's right. In the investor world, we call it opportunity, right? Right, right. (laughs) Upside. Right, right. So, I mean, when I first walked into it, that's kind of what I thought. I was like, this is an opportunity. Well, um, you get better at identifying opportunity as you go, obviously. But there was a toilet in the living room. There was, you know, the rot everywhere. There was only one unit was livable, if you want to call it that. And there was three people living in it. And these are only one bedroom, one bath um, units. So the, it was, it was funny. I mean, it was definitely a learning experience. We had, we did some things, right. We got multiple bids from contractors to get, you know, bring more experience in. We found a really good property management property manager on bigger pockets and he helped guide us through a lot of it, um, which highly recommend, you know, finding a good property manager, you know, unless you're already a property manager, I think, I think that's one of the biggest lessons for us. And one of the biggest things that helped catapult us into what we're doing today. Um, we outsource everything because we are not the professionals. We look for professionals to right. we leverage other professionals. And um, yeah. So I remember the, the contractors came back and they're like, yeah, it'll probably be around 90 to a hundred thousand in rehab. And we're like, no way. Cause we estimated at 25,000. <laughs> yeah. And um, so, yeah, the, Finally, we settled on one contractor. He gave us like 80, he, he estimated around 85,000, I think. And um, we settled on him probably because he was the cheaper, cheapest. That would probably swayed us the most. Right. But yeah, he, he came highly recommended from our property manager and they, and they set it up. So we were able to rehab it in, I think, two to three months. And then we refinanced. Um, that was another thing you can't refinance like right away when it's the seasoning the, period. Yeah. You have to season it. So we seasoned it. So I think it took six months to get it seasoned and then we refinanced it pulled. I want to say at least 80 to 90% of the capital back out. There were some left inside. That's um, pretty we, good. Yeah. 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 It was really good. I mean, the whole time though, you're kind of like, I hope this works. I, I, you know, you're very optimistic about, about it. the process. <laughs> yeah. And I just want to touch on that seasoning period real quick. So for those that aren't aware of what a seasoning period is, it's basically when you go to purchase a property, you can't go refinance it right away or within that next month. A lot of times a lender will want to see six to 12 months of ownership possibly before they refinance that. And, you know, Ashton, touching back on what you said about bigger pockets and, you know, looking for opportunity versus what's really a dump and what doesn't work out. That, that's the one thing I don't appreciate bigger pockets for is they make it sound very easy and they, they make it sound, oh, by the numbers. And I don't think they describe enough risk that real estate has with it and the risks you're taking on and the mistakes that can happen. They really highlight the glory of it. Um, so I think that's, you know, yeah, we're seeing Dante, a prime. Exam- I, I'm going to, I'm going to expand on that too, yeah. because I think that, you know, we came uh, through fortune builders. That was how we mm-hmm. got our start in real estate. I, you know, I was an engineer, you know, didn't know anything about real estate and needed some education and, you know, certainly a great experience, great education, but that was the same sense that we got like, Hey, this is going to be easy. When you get into the nuts and bolts of these things, you have to have a personality where you are going to, like Ashton said, build a, an all-star team and be persistent and push through the things that you don't know. Cause some of this, you're only going to learn by actually going through it. So, yeah. And I, I get the call all the time. 
Hey, you know, I, I want to get started investing. I want to do my first bird. I'm like, listen, it's not that easy. You can't just, you know, go buy a property and burr it. I suggest you start with something turnkey to understand how tenants work, you know, light rehab works, all that fun stuff. And I'll also ask, what is your risk tolerance? If you have very high risk tolerance, then you could probably operate with more risk in a lower class area that's going to have a higher return. If you have a much lesser risk tolerance, then maybe you need to be in a higher class area where you're not going to get and see as much as a return. It's not going to be as uh, tenant management heavy, so to speak, management heavy on the project. And, you know, everyone says, oh, I've, I, I'm very risk averse, you know, I, I can take on a lot of risk, but I, that's okay. Then you come to find out, you start working with them and you're like, you really can't take on that risk. So it's just something, it, it's part of the learning process. Yeah, I think um, partnering and leveraging other people's experiences is really key. Um, I mean, we listened to all the podcasts, read all the books, um, but, you know, like you said, uh, DJ action, taking action is the only way to actually, uh, really learn. I, I once heard a quote, like words don't teach, you know, only life teaches. So you, you got to go out and do it. And I think what it comes down to honestly, um, and this is me, you know, 41 years old doing with all my experience in the military and everything, um, is what do you want? What do you really want out of life? Because when you identify what you truly want, when you're absolutely clear about what you want and you're, you're looking at that, you know, 10 year goal, that five year goal, these small details aren't going to make that much of a difference. And <clears throat> then it's just about committing to that goal. So if you want $25,000 in cash flow per month, like how are you going to get there? Right. But once you make that commitment, um, you, you can, you know, you can plan backwards plan from that all the way back to you, to where you are now. And if you're going to use real estate as a tool, whatever, like um, I think making that commitment, being clear about what you want and actually making that commitment. And that commitment means I know a lot of people have different ideas about commitment, but I think commitment means um, you're going to win no matter what, because no matter how many times you get knocked down, you're going to get back up. No matter how many times you lose money, you're going to get back up and do it again and do it better. Right. I, I think uh, there's no such thing as failure. There's only um, opportunities to learn. And when you take that, when you actually take that attitude, like failure is not an option. It's just not even possible. Um, yes. Understand that there is risk. There is risk to losing money. <clears throat> Excuse me. There's less risk to losing money. There's risk. I mean, there's all sorts of risk, but um, you know, you mitigate that with a good plan and excellent partners. Yeah, that's, that's just such sound advice. And it, it's not the first time, first time we've heard it phrased like that on the show. Uh, but we <clears throat> do get a lot of people that we connect with that tell us about their journey and in, in life by design, right? Yeah. Be intentional. Uh, I love how you say, you know, there is no losing in this, right? Yeah. Uh, ha but having a plan and executing on a plan, otherwise you're just spinning the wheels. So hopefully uh, we've conveyed a real picture of what the real estate investing world is like. And maybe we even freak some people out because <laughs> it, it's, it's not easy. Right. That's where the syndication piece comes in. <laughs> right. right <laughs> because yeah. they're stay tuned everyone, because mm -hmm. there, there is an easy path here uh, that uh, everybody on this call, I know, or, or this zoom meeting podcast uh, is, uh, 
we have an opportunity uh, for those that want to take advantage of real estate passively. But Ashton, I want to stay focused on you. And I didn't get to appreciate you for your service. Um, you know, I have no idea uh, what you guys uh, go through other than an outsider's perspective. Uh, so certainly appreciate that. We, we love our military, um, you know, the time everybody's put in and, and just uh, can't say enough. Thank you. Um, yeah, I, how much that means to us, and and I think it's really cool that mindset too that you've developed and how you've applied that to real estate. Um, and I'm sure there's there's other ex-military personnel out there applying it to other fields and stuff. Uh, but I love that translation and and how you've used that and leveraged that into your success. And I want to keep talking about your growth now. So you started with this four unit. You know, you did the Burr strategy with mm -hmm. that. Sounds like it worked. And now you're into bigger and better. So talk to us a little bit about the evolution. Yeah, so uh, we did that first four unit. And um, man, there's, there was so much stuff that went into that, uh, into our the process, building the business and everything. But we realized, and I think I mentioned this before, we realized, you know, the risk profile goes down the more units you have, right? On a hundred unit, you take... 10 vacancies, that's 10%. If you, that's 10% loss in income, right? If you take a vacancy on a four unit, that's 25% vacancy. You know what I'm saying? So it's a scale there. Yeah. Yeah. So it's exactly it. Economies of scale. And a lot of times I say that people don't understand what I mean. That's why I kind of articulate it. But um, so for us, it was kind of like, well, this makes sense. You know, we're not living there. Um, we're providing affordable housing. Why don't we partner with other people that want to do this? and go bigger because I think people get wrapped around the axle of uh, I don't have enough money. So I'll stick to single family um, money. It seems to always be that, that sticking point for people. But uh, when you understand how much money is out there and how much money is out there that doesn't want to do work, like people don't want to do the work they want to invest passively. And I don't blame them. You know, they love their job. If I was still in the military, that's what I would do. I would invest passively. Um, because I don't want to spend that time when I'm home with my family working on other deals. Right. So, um, there, there's plenty of people out there that want to put their money to work, but they're either, you know, passionate about their job as a doctor, as a pilot or, or whatever. Um, you know, so they just want their money to work. They want it in a solid investment. Um, so when you start talking to those people, when you start networking with those people, you see that like, man, I can do this. I can do the real estate. And these, and I'll part with the, with these guys that want to, you know, come in passively. And so that's what we did. We just started expanding our network. Well, then, then I, that opens a whole nother box of uh, how do we, how do we meet more people? Right. Cause your friends and family, you'll, you'll work with them to a point And then, you know, everybody's in, everybody, you know, uh, in your network is in on one of your deals or they've said no. So you have to expand your network if you want to keep doing deals, right? So if you want to keep buying real estate, if you want to keep creating cash flow, and so that's what we did. So, so how we did that was we focused on our business. We built the business. Um, my brother built our website. It's an awesome website, man. And I have so many resources too for this. If you guys want to talk about resources on how to get started on building this stuff, because this has become our focus, our passion. Like while real estate is the tool um, to building the cash flow you know, branding yourself and networking is the tool to, to building, <laughs> to building the resources for that real estate, and, right? And partnerships and part. Yeah. And, and for partnerships. Right. So, 
um, yeah, built the website, started a blog. Um, we started talk, going to meetups. We started listening to every podcast. Um, we started our own meetup. We, when we're starting a podcast ourselves here now, um, next month or this month, actually. So we'll be launching, but the well, point let us is, know if you need any guests. <laughs> yeah. 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 Love to have you guys on. It's actually not going to be real estate no pressure uh, f- focus. So that'd be interesting to have you guys on, but, um, it's going to be more focused on uh, health, wealth, and happiness because uh, we we're passionate about that whole picture, right? It's, you know, I'm not passionate about real estate. I am passionate about what it can do for you. Um, but being able to live my best life is why I'm doing it. You know, being able to be home with the family, being able to travel when I want to travel um, that that's why I do it. So, and I like, I like winning and winning is, um, you know, financially and health and all that stuff. So that's what we're focused on there. But, but the point is like being able to brand yourself, to reach out, to expand your network, you know um, so that you can build a business out of it. Otherwise you're going to kind of restrict yourself to how many deals you can do a year um, because of how much money and time you have or knowledge for that matter. So we were highly, we really do believe in that leverage, leverage, you know, other people's experience, leverage money, leverage, um, all that. So, so where, where did the Valkyr name come from? Is there anything to that? Yeah, that's actually, so my brother and I, uh, we got some strong Scandinavian nor, uh, Nordic roots, you know, on my mom's side and my dad's side, actually, he's uh, Irish, but, um, the reality is that's an anagram of our last name. So, uh, it's Val- really cool. Valkyrie. I thought it had some indication of your last name there, kind of like the spelling, you kind of yeah. flopped around some letters of what it looked like. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and, you know, I think for Dante and I, you know, the victory capital group is, you know, the same thing you're talking about. You, you like winning. Um, and, you know, our goal and what we're passionate about, similar to what you said, you know, at the end of the day, real estate is the tool. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it's about life. It's about setting people free. It's about, you know, for what we all do, you have to, when you move into the syndication space, you have to have some capital. It's not, the right place for everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a way to bridge that gap and make that transition to making your money work for you. And as you're trying to, you know, build that legacy income, uh, this is a great tool for those that aren't willing to take the time, you know, go through all those struggles we talked about in the beginning of the podcast. Um, and you guys are definitely hitting and all the key aspects of what it takes to be successful. You know, Dante and I kind of throw it into four buckets, uh, but I don't want to go through that right now. I want to stay focused on you guys. And let's talk about, you know, you're talking about these smaller deals. I want to hear about how you got to the big one now. Yeah. So that's exactly how we did it. Um, networking. So we built our brand. If you don't have, I mean, the first thing people want to see when they look you up is they want to see a reputable or a solid website, right? Um, that's today's business card. You know, if they look you up and look up what you're doing, what does your website say about you? And so, uh, if you are, if you're listening to this and you're looking at building a business or building a business around real estate, doesn't even matter. I'd highly recommend, um, building my story brand. I think it's called, uh, and I can't think of the guy's name right now, but, um, he's, he was a huge influence on our website. Um, and 
high, he, he puts out a lot of good information, but uh, so we built the website and we started networking and that's what helped launch us into bigger deals because not only were we talking about what we were doing. So, and let me back up, I guess we did. So we did that four unit. We did, I don't know, three duplexes. Then we did a five unit and then a 13 unit. So we were slowly scaling up and then we're like, well, why don't we do this syndication and we'll do it as a proof of concept. And we did, we syndicated 16 units, which, you know, some people say that's too small to syndicate, but we did it and it worked and it's cash flowing today. And that's ours. That's our personal syndicated, <laughs> you know, we did it all on our own. We had one other partner on that one, but we did it all on our own. And because we were doing that and we were actually putting in the work and going through the steps of going up, we started meeting other people that were doing bigger deals and we were putting ourselves in those situations. But, um, you know, the confidence that we were bringing to the table and maybe the experience that we had, we were both military vets, my brother and I, um, people began to reach out to us. And we weren't reaching out to them. We weren't looking for partners. We were looking for deal. We were, you know, looking for everything, but um, somebody reached out to us and we started drinking whiskey with them, hanging out. And it was right in the beginning of COVID. And so everything was over zoom. Um, But he basically said, man, you know, after about six or eight months of us building a relationship with him, uh, he said, look, I got deal flow. Would you guys like to, you know, partner on some of these deals? And uh, we thought about it for about, half a second, you know, and like, yeah, absolutely. Like, that's what we want to do. We want to go bigger. And he's like, all right, well, I was this a 16 unit. No, no, no. We did a 16 unit on our own. Okay. That was completely. Yeah. The next one was a 220 unit and a hundred and no, no, no. 84 unit, 84 unit. Okay. So they were both in Columbus, Ohio. And long story short, that's how Ashton, where are you guys located? Where where are you physically? (laughs) <laughs> my brother's in Phoenix and I'm actually in Oregon. Okay. So, yeah, so I want everybody to keep that in mind because we've yeah. talked about Durham, we've talked about Ohio and so on. So stick with your train of thought because this is the really yeah. cool stuff, but I just wanted to give people that perspective. Yeah. So um, yeah, we're, we're doing everything virtually, I guess now or not really virtually we fly to the places, but anyway, so we've started partnering with uh, these other two gentlemen out of, they were in New Jersey, out of New Jersey at the time. And uh, it just made sense to us because then here's the thing. I think at the beginning, a lot of people think they have to do everything and uh, you kind of do at the beginning, but the reality is like, if you can find other people that are better at certain spots that you're not. So for the, at that time we were, our deal flow was really small. And that was because, you know, we were trying to go bigger and bigger Um, real estate agents, you know, got to love them. But at the same time, they will not bring you deals if, they already have, you know, people that are, they have a sure thing, a sure buyer or whatever lined up. So if you go to a broker, closer that they can bring the deal to. Yeah, exactly. So like, if I go to a broker and I'm like, yeah, I just did the 16 unit. I want to make offers on these hundred units. And you know, they're going to be like, well, they'll keep those ones for their, their qualified closers as you call them. Um, and they'll send you a bunch of others. And so there was a time there before we got into that 220 and 84 unit that we were just analyzing all these terrible deals that were coming down from a, a real estate agents. Cause they were sending us um, all the stuff that was not being sold. Um, which I understand it's a business. Like they, everybody wants a sure thing. I totally get it. Um, but like I said, like if you can partner with somebody else that had, that has that experience, has that uh, leverage that, that can get you into those bigger deals. I mean, that's the point, right? 
So then we got to focus on what we, what we like doing. We like working with investors. So we built this whole investor relations platform while our partner handled the deal flow. Um, so that's, we got to focus on exactly what we're good at, what we like doing. That's kind of the cool thing about syndications too, is you get to do that. You, you work on a bigger team and you get to focus on what you like, um, what you're good at. So um, I think, yeah, I don't then, know. Did I answer then, there, your then there's that extended team too. So that's a great answer. And, and I think that's absolutely true because, you know, Dante and I, and I, I think most syndicators, right? This isn't unique to us in general. You have to be good at finding deals and getting through the due diligence process. You have to be able to secure your loan. You have to be able to manage the asset. You have to be able to raise equity. And chances are, unless you have a very unique personality in about you know 62 hours in a day, you can't do all that by yourself. Yeah. Um, so I, I love what you said, and I, I totally agree. I you know I grew up playing team sports. Uh, you know, if you're in the military, obviously you're part of an effective team. And I think that type of personality where realizing your role, recognizing your limitations, having a plan, yeah. uh, these are all aspects that if you enjoy working with people, uh, the syndication space is pretty cool to be in uh, because really that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to put together a winning team to take down an asset. And when I say take down an asset, really what that is that asset is its own little business. That's yep. all an apartment building is. It's a business that produces income. It has expenses. We're trying to acquire them, reposition them, manage them effectively. And boy, do, do we ever run across a lot of properties that are not managed effectively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's, uh, so I, I love that journey. I love your story about, you know, the teams and stuff. So the, the, now the big one that you guys did 384 mm -hmm. units, you said, tell us a little yep. bit about that. Um, yeah. So we have, again, it's just connecting people. i I feel like I should change my profile from like real estate investor to people connector or opportunity. Create. I don't know, because that's what we do. I mean, we, we just meet people and figure out how we can work best with them. And so, uh, we partnered with uh, those those gentlemen out of New Jersey for three deals. One of them fell through. The 220 unit fell through, um, but then we did an 84 and 120 unit with them. Well, at the time, they were talking to a huge uh, real estate syndicator down in Florida. They had been friends with them for about 10, I don't know, for a while, 10 years or so. And he was talking about what he was doing. And so this guy or this group, they have been using, and this is how a lot of people do it. They had been using wall street money to acquire capital uh, for equity, for, for purchasing and repositioning these large assets. And when he found out that we were raising capital from private investors, instead of through wall street, um, it makes more sense. Right. So and what I mean by that, if you know, understand how Wall Street works, how trusts works, REITs and stuff like that, there's a, there's, you know, to keep it simple, there's a middleman. So people invest in these trusts and these REITs, and then the REIT invests or provides capital for people like um, our now partner down in Florida to buy these large multifamily properties. But then the REIT they get to keep the difference. Like they give their investors, what, four or 6% return or something. And then they keep whatever the difference is between that and the total, you know, return that they agree upon with the, 
syndicator with the sponsor. Um, so the cost of the capital is a lot higher. So when he found out that how we were doing it, we were raising private, going directly to investors, um, raising private capital through that way. His question was, well, how much do you think you guys can bring to these deals? Can you bring, you know, 10 million? And so, you know, naturally we jumped on it <laughs> and, um, yeah, so between us and so it's now there's three partners on the deal and then um, there's a couple fund of funds in there as well. But um, yeah, that's basically what we did is we brought, we connected passive investors um, directly to these large deals, to these large syndicated deals. And the cool thing there for us was, again, these guys had 40 years of experience in the apartment syndication world. They had 40 years of experience managing and repositioning these assets, which you know, if you've never repositioned an asset, I please do not take that lightly. It's that's the huge, that's the nuts and bolts of creating cash flow. That is the business. And like you were saying, DJ, like you, you, if you're not running it properly, you're going to lose money. And, and if you're losing money, that's a bad day because your investors are going to lose money too then. And uh, your business will go under. Um, so working with other people that have that kind of experience was huge for us. It was a no brainer. Um, so that's, that's what we did. We started working with these guys and, and bringing um, our network to these deals. And let's that, talk about yeah. your network a little bit. So you yeah. said you did the 16 unit deal yourself. You partnered with yeah. them on an 84, 120. And then I think it was a 384. So yeah. you've obviously exhausted some capital that you guys have been able to raise. Yeah. Where did that initial capital come from? I'm assuming that was more family and friends. And then where did that excess capital on these other deals come from? Cause we're not talking about doing a few 16 units here, 16 units there. Yeah. You know, we're talking jumping all the way up to almost 400 units on one deal. Yeah. That's actually a really good point. I always forget to mention this um, for guys that are trying to get started for guys that have been started. Um, we started exp experimenting with this fund of fund model. Um, this is just one of the ways, right? So basically people that want to get started in real estate um, the fastest way to get started as an investor in real estate is to bring capital. Now, if you don't have a ton of capital, like maybe you can raise it from your friends and family. Um, and so we started showing people how to create a fund and become a fund manager or come in as a general partner while their, L their fund comes in as an LP. Um, so that's one way to do it because I guarantee like if somebody came to you guys with a fund for a million dollars at a decent um, you know, uh, return or whatever, um, you guys would be able to use it. You'd be able to place it, right? And you guys could work out the terms between you and that individual, but you guys would be able to place it. And now that person has a seat at the table. They have experience. Their name could be on the loan if they work it right. Um, or they could do the Hunter Thompson way where you just become a fund manager and you just take a percentage off the top, right? Um, so that we started talking to people and teaching people how to do that. Uh, that was one of the ways we raised capital. Um, and then, but the other one is really just building your network. So I, one of the things I failed to mention too, is, um, if you guys aren't familiar with SEO and you have a website, man, you need to get familiar with it <laughs> because that is how you bring people, you know, naturally to your, into your pipeline. So when people type in the, when you type in certain keywords on the internet, it'll bring you right to our website and we don't have to do anything. So you type in, 
uh, real estate syndication, or you type in how to use $25,000 or how to invest, you know, whatever, like that's what comes up. My brother knows all that. Cause he does all, he does all that. So uh, he knows the keywords better than I do, but um, we get probably three, two to three people signing up for our investor club every week. Um, and it's because of stuff like that. So a lot of people focus on social media and I hate to say this cause this is now like our, I think people over leverage social media because um, social media, like when you're, yes, you can reach a lot of people for free, but, um, and they can learn a lot about you. And, and that goes back to, no one wants to work with anybody they don't know, like, and trust. And so you have to build that, right? And so social media is great because everybody's in your network, but how many people do you have in your network? I think on LinkedIn, I have like 2000 people. That's 2000 people. My brother does a better pitch on this, but he, you know, it's like, how many people are using Google? Right. 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 Yeah. Way more than 2000 people. Right. So, and then how many, it's a good pitch by the way. Yeah. How many people, <laughs> how many of those 2000 people in my LinkedIn profile are interested in real estate? You know? So I guess the argument would be, well, they know me, they, they like me, maybe they might trust me sooner working through social media, but on the same token, like, you know, I come from the middle. large, the pool's not as large. And for a guy like me who, um, and I, you know, I know who I am. I, I spent the last 21 years in the military. That's not high net worth people you're networking with. <laughs> I love my military brothers and I would die for them. Um, so I would not, you know, that's just, but that's just the nature of the beast. People do that kind of stuff because they're not trying to get rich. You know what I mean? But if you're trying to build a network of investors, those are people that have, capital to place in, in large, um, deals like this. And unfortunately that was not my network. So we had to figure out a way to expand our network and using Google, using the SEO model, using our website, that, that is the way to get in touch with people. Um, because that's it, right. You're, you're trying to get in touch with the right people the whole time. And touch on for those that aren't aware of the fund to fund that you were speaking of, or just what a fund is in general, touch on that a little bit. You're talking about bringing capital from fund to fund touch on that. Yeah, that, <clears throat> that's a good point. Cause a lot, I think a lot of people get, um, you know, caught up in what they think of a fund. So, you know, there's fundrise out there, there's go fund me, there's all these different types of funds. Well, the, the cool thing is if you got, if you get a syndication attorney, you get a fund attorney, you tell them what you want to do. They can structure that thing. However you like it. And it's really cool. So like our fund, when we've done funds, it was set up exactly for the piece of real estate that we wanted. So it wasn't set up like, like a specific I mean, offering. Yeah. It, w- it was set up exactly for a specific offering. So we'll only use it for multifamily real, real estate, B and C class properties with value add potential uh, built between these years, you know, this type of return, and this is what you can expect as an investor. Right. And it's exactly like a syndication. It's actually, you go on there, you sign a you know private placement memorandum, um, and you invest in that fund, just like the, uh, just like a syndication. Um, but I think a lot of people think that a fund is going to be diversified over a bunch of different assets or a bunch of different, you know, so it, it you can use it however you want. There's, there's, and again, I'm not a attorney, I'm not a CPA, but this is a cool way to do this. So, um, I suggest you talk to a CPA or talk to a uh, fund attorney, to a syndication attorney and, and help them or let them help you get set up if that's something you're looking for. Um, but Question, for who, us, who do you guys use for your I mean, syndication attorney? Oh man, I can't 
think of his name right off the top of my head. Um, dang, my brother do- handles that side. Okay, no uh, pressure. Yeah. No pressure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I can get back to you. I can get it back to you, and you guys can put it in the show notes, maybe. All right. Um, Fair enough. Fair enough. But he he's been awesome. He's been up and coming. So the first time we put a fund together it was with uh, Jillian Sedoti, and that was our that was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> because she is so big right now because Brandon Turner uses her that it costs around like $15,000 to do it. So it's just something to think, keep in mind, right? She, she's a big, um, she's a big syndication attorney at this point. So, uh, but, but the cool thing is, and that was just a side piano, forget about that. But the cool thing is like, you can put a fund together and it can be open all year. So you can place capital in that fund for 365 days that year, and you can close on multiple deals out of that fund. This is my understanding. Again, I'm not a fund, you know, syndication attorney, but that's what you can do. So like if you have a deal in the first quarter and you raise a couple million dollars to close on that deal, you close on that deal, you place that capital into that syndication. And then that fund is still open for the rest of the year. You can raise capital again, so long as that, you know, the asset that you're buying matches uh, the specifications for that fund and everything. So it, it gives you a lot more flexibility if you're going to be making it a business. And then for people that are new that want to get into real estate, like um, if you were able to raise, you know, half a million, million dollars in your fund and you came to, some established syndicators, I guarantee they would give you a seat at the table. Um, I don't guarantee it. I mean, how am I going to guarantee it? But you know what I mean? Like they're, they'll yeah, give you if a, you, if you have money look, for sure, yeah. you can get into deals. You can build it. In fact, uh, I was at a local meetup here in Charlotte and uh, the gentleman who's running that meetup said, you know, if I had to do it all over again, I'd start by raising capital. If mm-hmm. I have capital, I can partner up with people that have deals and gain my experience that way. Yes. So let them find the asset, let them do the due diligence, you know, raising capital really is about that. You tell the story of syndications, you tell mm-hmm. the story of returns, you build your network. You don't necessarily have to be a real estate expert. You have to know enough to be able to explain the terminology to the investors. Yes. So when, when you're meeting with the individuals, not the funds, Mm-hmm. Um, and really just to summarize what we've talked about, we've talked about individual investors, right? We've, we've talked about these high net worth people. I love what you said about, you know, your network. That's just the reality of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish our military made more. And, <laughs> Me and, too. And, yeah. Yeah. And God willing, they will, because uh, they deserve it a lot more than most people out there. Uh, but that's a different podcast. Um, (laughs) So, you know, the funds is a really neat angle, but for those of us, you know, most people are going to start out like you guys did. They are going to leverage their, their family and friends and Mm -hmm. take down smaller assets. So when you're talking to those individuals, what's your key? How do you approach that meeting with them? Because a lot of people, I, I get really excited about it because I'm an older guy. Mm-hmm. I worked a decent job. I had some money and that's how I got my start in syndications was as a, a passive investor. Somebody had the discussion with me. So when right. you approach people like me that don't know anything about real estate, what's the pitch? Um, there's no pitch. I'm just here to help. Like I'm just here to connect people with what they want to do in life. Right. Um, 
or inspire people to chase what they want. But I, I would say like, if you want to use real estate as a tool, I think there's three ways. Well, first get clear about what type of real estate, because there's a lot of different types of real estate to get into. Um, but we've seen as far as syndications, large multifamily syndications, I usually tell people, I've seen people get started in three ways. The first one is to go like us, like we did. We start super slow, you know, you learn, you do everything yourself. Um, it's the highest risk, but it's the highest reward because you learn everything, right? You make all the mistakes and you own all those mistakes too. So um, the risk versus reward is a lot higher. Uh, then you can buy a mentor or, or pay for a mentor, which is very effective. You will learn a lot. Um, you know, the downside to that is uh, it can be very costly. Uh, you know, I've seen upwards of 50,000. I've seen mentorships from what, 15 to 50,000, maybe even higher. Um, but you do get access to their network, to their knowledge, to, to maybe even their deal flow at some point. Yeah, their tools. Um, yeah. Uh, it's certainly as part of that, you get tools, uh, yeah. you know, to, to run these jobs and checklists and that whole thing. There's some security yep. there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, then at the end of the day, you still have to do it yourself, do a you know, the work yourself. But then the last one is, I think, partnerships. I think, you know, and I've talked about this multiple times because it's what has helped us. Um, even though we did start on our own, it was partnerships that really helped us get going. So if you can build those key partnerships, um, you know, through networking, through being honest and open, through building a brand around what you're doing, through being educated, um, I think that's one of the coolest ways to do it because you get to earn and learn at the same time. Cause like you said, you get to learn from those people and you get to focus on what you're good at. And whether that means coming in as a limited partner for your first deal, first couple of deals, whatever, or coming in, you know, helping raise capital or helping, you know, maybe you bring capital or maybe you come in as a key principal or, um, but there's multiple ways to get into this. But I think for us, partnerships was the most, um, effective, most, you know, I think best time spent really was building those relationships and partnerships. Yeah, no, that was great. DJ, did you have anything else for Ashton or do you want to head over to the next section of the show? No, I, I think we're, uh, we're, we're run the clock down pretty good here. Uh, yeah, I would agree. So, but this is, uh, this has been great. Um, I, I just, again, Ashton, I think your, your recognition of, um, you know, your limitations, the execution of the plan, uh, you know, the intention with which you guys have moved forward in the skill set of your brother too. Um, yeah. you know, do you're going to have to put a plug for us. Cause I think we want him on still. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll have you guys back definitely for sure. Absolutely. No question. There's a, so a new segment. Yeah. Oh yeah. And there's a new segment of the show I want to do here shortly called uh, deal deep dives where like we just specialize in one episode Mm -hmm. of just breaking down a deal completely. Every aspect returns, you know, lending, funding, debt, you know, structure, sale plan. I mean, get down to the nitty gritty because I think a lot of people want to hear about deals very intensely. So I yeah. think it'd be very cool that, you know, all the guests that we've had on, yeah. have them come back and just dissect the deal. Breaking news here on- uh, Yeah, I know. I'm just, <laughs> just breaking that to DJ too. Yeah. This is the first time I've heard about it, <laughs> but, but I like it. Yeah. Ashton, let's uh, head over to the next section of the show called the Curious sure. Cues. We're going to throw some questions at you that we ask every guest and we'll get your answer. You ready? Let's do this. Awesome. First question is favorite podcast you enjoy listening to? Uh, right now it's the Model Health Show, believe it or not. Okay. Who's that by? 
Sean Stevenson, I think. Okay. Um, yeah, but really good show on um, on health because uh, I'm I'm a hugely competitive guy, rugby player, sports all my life kind of thing, and I found I'm I'm huge in human performance, and that's uh, they focus a lot on that through nutrition and diet and stuff like that. So, and you're in the military for 21 years, so I probably don't want to challenge you in an arm wrestling match. Is what you're telling me. <laughs> I'm not a yeah. Well, I don't know. No, but I'd love to see <laughs> he's guys, being modest. I, I'd love to see you guys like play paintball against each other. Yeah, right. <laughs> the second question we have: uh, favorite book you enjoy reading? Um, as a man thinketh, anything around mindset, I think, is really good. As a man thinketh, uh, thinketh, think and grow rich. Um, I re- I just finished this book was awesome, extremely inspirational for me as a visionary um was phil knight's book called uh uh, what's it called shoe dog yeah about nike about the rise of nike awesome book okay Um, yeah it has nothing to do with real estate but it has to do with uh executing on a vision yeah and understanding how important that is Um, sometimes the mindset piece is more important than the actually real estate piece when it comes down to it and that's a lot of the books we read you know biggest hurdle in real estate you've had to overcome um, realizing that I can't or shouldn't be doing everything. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So just kind of outsourcing stuff to people. Yeah. I, you'd think that would be easier to outsource, but there's a part of you that there's stuff that you have trouble giving up because well, you it's think, that control. Yeah. 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 And it's not even just, I'm not even talking about giving it up to other, um, professionals. I'm talking about giving it up to your brother, like my brother and book, and my wife and his wife both work in our business now too. And then we've also hired out multiple VAs, but you realize that. Yeah. Like some people do it better than you and you should focus on what you're good at. You should focus. It's so simple. And yet I'm telling you, people just tend to think they have to do everything. They have to write every email. They have to answer every phone call. They have to, they think they have to review every deal. Like you have to put the reins in somebody else's hands. If you really want to live, that life of freedom, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And favorite non-real estate related hobby. So what are you doing in your free time? Well, I got two little girls. Um, used to be surfing and snowboarding and playing rugby. Um, but, uh, now it's teaching them all that stuff. So it's, it's being a girl dad, right? Yeah. I'm yeah. going to be a girl just, dad myself at the end of the day. Oh, congrats. <laughs> yeah. You have one on the way? I do. Yes. Wow, that's awesome, man. Congratulations. Yep. Thank just to, just to emphasize the spread, I just took mine up to uh, Boston College to look at the school. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> a little that's different awesome. in the timeline. So that's Dante awesome. and I figured it doesn't make sense to have two really young guys, so he had to bring in a really old guy. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that's brilliant. <laughs> and yeah. newbie advice. So what advice would you uh, give to someone that's looking to get started in the business? Um, so... I think no matter what you do in life, um, I think clarity, commitment, and taking action daily are key. Those are my three steps to success for anything. I don't care what it is. Get absolutely clear about what you want to do in life, where you're going, commit to that, and um, accept nothing less, accept nothing less than success. Um, And understand that failure like i said before i'm huge on this like i don't believe there is such thing as a failure if you look at it as a failure then then that's the failure itself but if you look right. at it as an opportunity to learn you'll keep moving forward and then take action every day and then 
taking action every day can mean read a book. It can mean making an offer on a $10 million property. It can mean networking. It can mean, right, you right. know, just talking to your family about raising capital or whatever, but take action daily. Yeah. There's, there's this great illustration I really like, and it's, you know, it's two pictures side by side. One of them is a bunch of steps and each one says fail. And at the top, there's a flag and it says success. Yeah. And then there's another one where it's just like a wall and it says success and the guy can't get over the wall and he mm-hmm. can't get to that success. He, you know, he used those stepping blocks, uh, failure to learn and you don't know what you don't know. And you use that failure to grow. And that's true. Yeah. I and mean, if, if you haven't failed in this business, you've, you've lied to someone because <laughs> we, we've all failed or, or just fallen short somewhere. And that's where we learn. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Ashton, we really appreciate you coming on the show. If you could take a quick minute and let people know where they can connect with you or your brother and uh, even get directed over to your business. Yeah. Uh, that No, and absolutely appreciate you guys having me on. I, thank you very much. We'd love to come back on and help with your new idea or old idea to deal deep. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I have to get my brother on here. He's really good. Talk about some of the other stuff too. Um, the systems and process behind running a business. But uh, yeah, so if you want to reach out, if you want to see what we're doing, we're very open. We're very honest about what we're doing um, and happy to share. Uh, but you, the easiest way is to go to our website. It's uh, www.valkyriegroup.com. And Valkyrie is spelled V-A-L-K-E-R-E group.com. But my brother and I are both on LinkedIn, Facebook, you know, social media. We do the whole social media thing too. Uh, but I think the website's the best um, point there. And and we have two eBooks. We have a blog that my brother runs um, and we have a, a meetup that we host every month, the wealth and whiskey meetup. Where we just sip whiskey and, and talk about wealth building strategies. So is that, um, uh, is it virtual in person? It is. Okay. It is. So yep. it's virtual. It's, it's virtual. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And okay. we actually just hired a whiskey sommelier um, on our team. So I don't know if you like whiskey or not, but uh, we're going to do a whiskey tasting eventually, I think. So we like to keep it fun, you know. <laughs> I, I, I love the theme and I'm sure yeah. you're going to connect with a lot of people uh, as you guys. Sounds like you already are. That's uh, I, I, I like that edge. It's different uh, <laughs> yeah. and it's it's really cool. Well, if you're not having fun, what, what's the point anyway? right? So, <laughs> exactly. Got it. Love it. Awesome. Well, thank you, Ashton, again for coming on the show. and We'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks for listening. We hope you were able to take some value away from today's episode. For more information or to connect with Dante, visit victorycapgroup.com. See you next week.